bodybuilding legend Ronnie Coleman loves to say, Everybody wants big muscles, but nobody wants to lift no heavy-ass weights. But lifting heavy-ass weights isn't the most difficult part of bodybuilding for everyone. For some, the biggest challenge to coming home with the sword in a competition is the ability to shred body fat without losing muscle mass. Let's grow big together! The only bodybuilding podcast that slays at the gym, on the stage, and the runway, baby! I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the game. Today, tech developer, daddy, and up-and-coming NPC classic bodybuilder, George Ward joins us to talk about getting ready for peak week on the stage, his adventures in bodybuilding, and working with Dorian Yates to build an impossible physique. We met George Ward at the food court at the Arnold Sports Festival, and we're so charmed by him, we had to get him on the show. Hello. Hi, is this George Ward? Yes, it is. Hello, George Ward. This is Fausto Fernos. And Mark Fillion from Let's Grow Big Together. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet, meet or be on the phone with you guys. Yeah, well, we met in person at the Arnold Expo in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, I remember that. And you were uh, <laughs> chomping down on your meal. You you were in the food court area, and you're chomping down on your meal, and I was like, don't I know you? And you're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's not who you think he is, Fausto. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. Um yeah. I, I'm, I don't even remember what I was eating. It was probably like a brownie or something. I was no. You had a, a Tupperware container full of like not, you know, healthy stuff, ground chicken. Oh, or, really? Yeah. yeah oh yeah. man, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Because I I put on uh, quite a few pounds right after that show. I had like I don't know that evening. I ate an entire thing of Oreos, like an entire container. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I think we probably ran on into you on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, so you yeah. Were, what was your con? Because you you actually competed at the Arnold. Yeah, I competed in the Arnold Amateur. Okay, um, light heavyweight and the uh, classic class B. That's a light heavyweight. You are you're huge, man. <laughs> no, no way, no way. <laughs> How much uh, were you uh, weighing at the time that we met you? I probably got up to like two o five or so, okay. two ten. Had you already done your competition at that point? I already yeah. done my oh, competition. Okay. Competition was on Thursday. Uh, I got down to like one ninety two, I think. Um, I, I was I weighed I weighed in. I didn't have to take off my clothes. I was one ninety five with my clothes on. And without your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So if you were like, I'm sorry, you're a little too heavy. You're like, let me take this, my jeans off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Some people, like, they come in, they just like uh, strip down to their posing trunks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they do their weigh-ins because they're like really close. But like if you don't match the weight that you're wanting to, because because for people that don't understand this, so there's, there's a threshold on the weight division in order to qualify, right? Yeah. So, so, uh-huh. um, so like to get to your division, you have to be under like, say, what is it? A, is it 210 pounds or something for, for my weight class is 197, 197. And so if you're 198, you're like, let me go to the bathroom try to take a shit. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or go take a whiz. Really? Does that, does that actually do people do that? Like, like try to yeah. like force anything in yeah. their guts out? Yes. Yes, they do. And Absolutely. does it work? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. if you, yeah. So, um, Really, the heaviest thing in your body at that point is water. Yeah. Mm. So any kind of water you can expel, um, people will go take some diuretics or whatever and try to remove the last little bit of water out of their body. 
so they can make weight or just that little lipid layer between your skin and your, your muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> people take diuretics to um, just have that layer kind of get less and less dense so you can see more of the muscle fibers. And so that's sometimes we see bodybuilders like muscles lock up. I think one, I don't remember who it was, but uh, they literally froze on stage flexing and had to be carried off the what? stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that's why they have a, they have medical people there um, for, you know, like CPR and stuff. Cause people go in cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. It is like the, the, the moment you get on stage is probably one of the most unhealthy moments of your entire life. It is pretty crazy. Because you're dehydrated. You got low sugar. Yeah, you're starving. Mm-hmm. You're, well, well, actually, at that point, um, hopefully, you know, by actually probably not on the stage, it's probably before you you do your weigh-ins, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if you're about to cut, if you're missing weight, um, you stop eating. And then you're also, you stop drinking. And then you take... Drinking water. Yeah. yeah drinking water uh-huh. and then a lot of people take diuretics and so you're like expelling everything out of your body um, and, and a diuretic is like a cup of coffee or is that like a or something specific or yeah so if you go on it's like water pills okay. um or expel uh, if you see like look online like there are like uh yeah they're just natural diuretics that you can buy online mm. and people take take those now, is it the opposite? Is there people that are trying to gain? Are there people sticking like lead pellets up their butt or anything like that? <laughs> no, no, no. You want to be as light as possible. Okay. My second time at Junior USA's, right? I, it was like, I was like 2.30 in July. And I think I cut down to like for my first contest, the NBC Elite Muscle Classic in Greensboro. I cut down to like 190 something, 197. And then I went to the Junior USA's. I got back up to like 220, and then I cut down to 175. And I didn't know I was going to make 175. I thought it was going to be in like the 180 category, but then I took like some diuretics at night, and I dropped like 10 pounds overnight. Wow. I was at 185, and the next thing you know, I was like 170. I think it was like 177 or something, and my coach is like, well, it looks like you're going middleweight, and you're not eating today. (laughs) He's like, <laughs> George, uh, walk me through like your week in getting ready for a competition and the day of like, because a, a lot of people don't realize that like the first, the last twenty four hours before you step on that stage, or it, you know, when we see you in the stage in the afternoon or in a contest, a lot has already been decided at the weigh in in the morning, right? Uh, not the weigh no? in, uh, okay. pre judging. It's the always pre judging that takes place in the morning. Yeah, so the first the first round is where they do like all the initial comparisons. Then they start grouping people. Um, like they'll 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 run everybody out, and then they'll be like, "Well, you know, uh, the guy from you know cl- this group, the top three there, we want to put them together with the top th- top two from this other group and the top four from this other group." And we'll say that's the top, you know, five to seven people, you know, that are going to be that we're going to judge for, you know, the top placings. Then they'll move them around. They'll do their mandatories and their 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 poses, and you know, depends on which division. And then usually the person in the center, they're going to be the winner. Uh, and the left and the right is one, two, three, four, five, six. It just goes out like that. Um, <clears throat> those placings can change in the finals, but highly unlikely. 
Uh, most of the judging has been, it seems like from my view, but this is an amateur league, so I haven't been to yeah. uh, the professional competitions. And so it seems like for me, what I've, I've kind of noticed is prejudging is final. But you can see if you watch some of these professional shows, uh, people can change their placings uh, and be moved around a little bit more in the finals, depending on like their conditioning. And if they started like retaining more water, or, you know, they got flatter or something like that, you know? Um, <clears throat> but it, it, I mean, it all depends on judges too. Cause the judges, they all look for different things. Um, they judge different criteria. It's a very, very subjective sport. Well, Arnold Open says body. it's just, uh, do I want this body as my own body, which is a, which is a really good question asked. Like when you see somebody on, on that stage, you say like, is this a body that I admire? Is this something that I would want on my own self? I think that that is true more so for the classic division, mm -hmm. right? Cause they have the height weight cap. So there's a certain amount of height that you can have per well for your weight. Um, and so that allows you to have, like not these like crazy massive people, but more like shape. Like then you got to really focus on the shape and the conditioning and you still want to apply more mass, but you want to apply in the right areas. Whereas like if you're an open bodybuilding, you know, like once you get past the weight classes, like really the people that always win are in the super heavyweight and it's just, yeah, shape matters. You know, like you can see at the Arnold, uh, Nick lost to Samson Dowda. Nick Walker. And it, mm -hmm. Nick Walker. Mm -hmm. And it was more of a shape kind of thing than it was pure muscle mass because Nick had more muscle, but Samson Dowda has shape. And right, honestly, right. Andrew Jack has like crazy right? shape too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Nick, we saw Nick at, uh, at the meet and greet and he looked like he was like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> he oh, looked yeah. so unhappy. You know, well, he was sitting down and just, you know, he had a huge ass line of people wanting to have a photo with them or autograph and stuff. And, you know, the, the bodybuilders are all completely clothed because they're shredded. So that, like they're just probably freezing, yeah. you know, or they're just starving and thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's another thing. Like um, the last day, you know, that's the day before they get on stage. And I it's just you are miserable. You can't like walking's hard, standing's hard, sitting's hard. Everything just gets your body just gets so exhausted. It's crazy. It's a crazy feeling. It's once you get on stage and you're done with it, it's it's like one of the coolest feelings in the world. Like, you know, like <clears throat> you get on a stage like the Arnold like, you know, the Arnold amateur, like I've never been on in front of something like that. That was it's a, it's a massive stage and a massive audience and it's all this lighting and all this it's very sophisticated space yeah it's a really beautiful venue mm -hmm. and you know like and for them you know like you get on these stage I, I don't know if they if if you know like the um i don't know the word but you know like when you try something new and that 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 feeling of awe you know like whenever a kid you like you watch a kid right kid sees like a ball and the the ball is the greatest thing in the world to them. <laughs> That's kind of like what good hopping on a stage as an amateur is. It's like, once you get there, it's like, Oh my God, this is crazy. This, I would never expect to do something like this. And I think it kind of wears off for them. But at the same time, like it's <laughs> it, for me, it feels awesome when you get on the stage, but leading up to the stage, every moment for like the first, 
the last three to four weeks, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is well, do you feel like an imposter syndrome? You're like, oh my God, I'm not ready. Oh God, what am I doing here? My whole life is imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything I do, I feel like an imposter in, but you know, just kind of just roll with punches. And so you're just like, well, fake it till you make it. Or I mean, uh, how do you manage those kind of feelings? Um, well, in my mind, I was like, I, and what I think is like, if they, if anybody else can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, I may not be ready yet, but I will be eventually. Hmm. So, you know, like I, I may not be, you know, the best bodybuilder in the world. I may not be the best software developer in the world, but I can work my butt off and try to become, you know, the best I can be. Because you quit ma- uh, your college master's program in computer engineering to pursue bodybuilding full time, and I imagine your wife is like, "You did what?" Well, no, it's not full time. I do it. Yeah. I do it part time. So okay. I'm still a software developer. Okay. Um. Yeah. And basically, what happened was like, I dropped out of my master's. I dropped out of my co-op at Intuitive Surgical. Uh, they they build like the Da Vinci robot, mm. and then I started a I started a, a start a small startup company that does um, we build like LMSs and uh, CMSs and a little bit of like artificial intelligence for the military. So for people who don't know what those abbreviations mean, uh, CMS sounds content management strategy system. system. So like content management system, learning management system. Okay. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. like. A place where you store like videos and 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 files and things like that. Okay. Uh, think about your file system on your on your your computer. You know, you go to your file explorer, you go through all your folders. That's your that's your content management system for your computer. That's mm-hmm. your CMS. And, and then the uh, learning management system yeah. is a place where you can take all the content and you can display it to the users, and it's just like a course based lesson system. So think about Blackboard, Canvas. Uh, any of these places that you go online for at colleges or schools or whatever, and you they pull up these virtual lessons. Those are all LMSs. So, in, in terms of like your family, you know, you have two beautiful children, and you know you're married, and and it's like um, I imagine that it was a situation where you told your wife, you know, I'm I, you said uh, I'm tired of chasing other people's dreams for me. Yeah, yeah. What, did, was she a little bit concerned or like? No, my wife is like the most supporting person in yeah. the world. She she believes in me one hundred percent. It's it's crazy. Like I love her so much. It's just it's unreal. She, I couldn't do what I do every day if it wasn't for her. I can't even explain how happy I am that I met her. That's so beautiful. Well, everybody deserves to have somebody in their life that really like supports them and loves them unconditionally. And it's you know everybody's worthy of that. And, you know, I guess I would ask you, like, you know, do you love yourself <laughs> unconditionally in the same way that your wife loves you that way? I, I don't know. I like, I, I think she has a lot more trust in myself than yeah. or trust in me than I tr- trust myself. Mm. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes in my life. You know, like I've done a lot of dumb things. Personally, like, I feel like my, my go-to like belief is I'm wrong and I I have to do something to prove myself. Right. So I have to like work to see if I'm right. You know, like I initial my initial thought is I'm always wrong and I need to figure out like why, why I'm wrong. Cause you have a form- formidable physique. And I would say like people for people who admire muscular bodies, 
everybody looks at you and says, Oh my God, and I wish I had that body on mine, you know? And, and yet as a kid, you were, uh, you were a thick and curvy kid and you're sort of at, at odds with your body, weren't you? Yeah. So early mm-hmm. on in my life, you know, my family didn't know anything about Diane. They let me just drink Mountain Dews and eat. Oh my God. You're honey boo boo child. <laughs> yeah. So take your go go juice, I, Georgie. <laughs> I got picked on like relentlessly up until high school. And I, I kind of like moved away for a few years. And um, I got some friends that were like, they're my best friends in the world, but man, they tormented me. But we went out, they forced me to go outside, play basketball, like go do things and start being active. And from that, like, you know, I started picking up in like an, an active lifestyle. My, when I moved back to like Missouri, that's where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like some family issues that happened. Basically, like <clears throat> I lost a lot, like a lot of things. And then me and my dad, we lived in like a little camper trailer for a few years and eventually moved into like this kind of like abandoned school. And for things to do, like I would, you know, <laughs> just like, I don't know, move sheets of metal and stuff around the house or around the, the property. And I'd put the roof on and like, like I would go do out and do things. Um, and it was like to like build our house and stuff like that. And it, I would always like curl like random pieces of metal and stuff. And then, so my dad bought me like this, like, uh, uh, you know, those like sand dumbbells and stuff yeah. like the, those mm-hmm. sand weights. Mm-hmm. He bought me some of those and I started like lifting weights and, I saw like a um, one of those muscular development magazines of Dorian Yates, and I was like, "Man, that's kind of what I want to do." But I never really had the means to pursue it. Um, not until like 2020, right? So my entire life, I've always wanted to do it. Wait a second, you've only uh, really been bodybuilding for two, like three years now. Yeah. So you've well, got I mean, the physique that yeah. you have now. <laughs> what did you look like in 2019? Uh, I got pictures on Instagram. I don't know if you can look at George you still, Fitness. You look pretty big and, and thick already at 2019. I mean, you have a background in the military, right? Yeah. So I yeah. originally, whenever, uh, I finished high school and I did a couple of years of partying and then <laughs> I went, I went to the, I tried out for the Navy special forces SWIG. Um, got into like, you know, like all the running and swimming. I didn't make it through. I was a washout. Um, and started getting into like, you know, weightlifting. I found a friend, he was in the body, he was in the bodybuilding. Uh, we used to train together. Um, I got out of the, when I got out of the Navy, I got into like the fitness industry for a little bit, um, while I was going to college. And then, (laughs) I got up to like 205 or something like that. Like I, I got pretty muscular, right? But then I realized like I couldn't afford uh, health insurance and all the things that were going on. So I went back into the military to do the Missouri National Guard, the Army. I had to go back to boot camping and I lost like 40 pounds in boot camp and just started all over. Mm. And then whenever I got done with that, I started, I continued my college. I couldn't really do, I couldn't like really focus on college and do bodybuilding because really like it's a mentally like exhaustive thing. So I got into like running. I started running marathons and ultra marathons and stuff like that. That can be a gains killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, but it was like really nice because I could like, I could stay active and really when you run, um, mm-hmm. it gives you time to kind of think, right? So I would do like all my homework problems in my head while I was running. Um, 
but eventually, you know, like I go through college, I get to my college, I go through all, all my internships, I get my, my degree. Um, I like, I was following the path of one of my brothers that like got out of our situation and became really successful. And he went to Georgia tech. He went through, uh, all his, his programs and man, I just like admired like what he did in his life. So I was following that, but in the back of my head, I always want to do bodybuilding. Like I've always wanted to do it. Um, I never knew if I would be good at it, but I, <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, I got tired of just like saying a computer all day. It wasn't my jam. Um, Cause you know, like in some ways for a lot of bodybuilders, it's usually like a crisis ignites that movement or that direction. But you know, for other people it's too, it's like they're, you know, it's something that inspires them when they see that muscular body and somebody else, it's an awakening, you know, for, for um, LGBT people, it's, it's sort of like, you know, there's a, there's a sexual or a romantic appeal. Um, but even for like heterosexual guys like yourself, it's, it's, it's a situation where seeing Dorian Yates as a young man sort of awakens something in you, you know, this passion yeah. to build that muscle for yourself to, to shape your body and your idealized self. Yeah. I think for me too, it's like, I've always been kind of like artistic in a, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've always liked, uh, like drawing and, 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 and like designing things. And I think that's why I like web development as a software rather than, doing embedded or things like that, where it's like, you don't get to see yeah. like the, you don't get to see everything you're doing. Right. It's right. just like, it's just more mathematical. Um, so who were like where, your bodybuilding heroes when you were getting started? Uh, really it was Dorian Yates. <laughs> like Dorian Yates was number one. And what was it about him that spoke to you? Uh, a lot of it was like, whenever you like listen to him talk and just about like his mentality, the mentality of hard work, dedication, this is what, like, <clears throat> like it's all or nothing, right? <laughs> like, and I feel like... So it was like I that could, hard work could, was, appeal like, was, like, was a, appealing in itself. Yeah, the, the, the mentality that he had was mm -hmm. really appealing to me. And then what he achieved with that mentality was really appealing to me. Mm -hmm. and, so, I, and I, and I, and then his physique was something that was like almost unattainable. Mm. And I like the idea of being able to obtain the unattainable, you know, like it's just something about like, I've always been really um, goal oriented. And sometimes I set like really crazy goals that aren't achievable. Yeah. I mean, that's, but I just but, <laughs> that's what I tell people is like, it doesn't, it's not necessarily the destination. It's the fact that you're going on some kind of journey or some path. You know, and, and it's, it's not even like getting there that, you know, cause everybody's like, Hey, you know, and what is it Arnold said to <laughs> like, I'm worried if I lift weights that I'm going to get muscles like you. And he says, hey, don't worry. You're not going to, yeah. <laughs> it'll never happen. It'll never happen. <laughs> well, the other thing I like, I tell people too, is like at any point in time, you can stop, you know, you're talking to some skinny person. I'm like, I don't want to get too bulky. I'm like. Well, just stop right before you get to that point. And they're kind of like, mm, mm, mm. well, cause there's a sexual, you know, we're all gay for muscle in some regard. You're right. So it's like, there's, there's this like fear that you're going to like it too much or this idea that you're not going to be able to control yourself or be in control mm -hmm. of your body. And so there's that anxiety that some people have and listen, you know, 
I saw a lot of, uh, um, you know, amazing physiques at the Arnold Expo. That was an extraordinary experience to go be surrounded by 10,000 people who have like the, the bodies that you only dream about. And you're seeing them face to face in person like you, you know, and I talked to other people and they were like, they were struggling with their addiction, with recovery, with their self-esteem, with their mental wellness, because they were so triggered by being in that situation where they're just like, I'll never live up to this ideal. And I said, you don't have to. You can just be fearlessly be yourself is just okay. It's going to be okay. It's loving yourself unconditionally means then, then you're going to accept yourself exactly the way you are right now. And because you do that, you go on this new journey that's going to be an impossible dream. And like, you know, Don Quixote, right? You're gonna you're gonna be chasing that windmill because it's the it's the adventure that creates meaning into your life, not the destination. And if you get there, hey, it's icing on the cake. The adventure is the destination. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we had that in our, uh, we had that as a quote in our laundry room. (laughs) We have like a little (laughs) board that we add new quotes. Where you wash your clothes or? Yeah, yeah. Where we were, when we used to live in Cary, North Carolina, um, we had like a little like board that we put in uh, our laundry room. And we had little motivational quotes, and we heard that, like, uh, the adventure is the destination. And the company you keep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are the company no, you the, keep? No. The, 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 you, the journey is oh. also, it's, it's the journey, but also the company you keep on that Germany journey. That's for some people say. I just actually read of that this morning. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's it not is the destination, crazy it's what, the journey and the people along the, with you. Because it's It is pretty human crazy what you can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, no, I'm, I'm okay. sorry. I'm rambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was gonna. I yeah. wanted to add a little something to it, like yeah. the like the uh, idea of the people that you keep around you. It really does shape like where you end up, mm. like how you feel about yourself, who, like where you you like wind up in society or wherever. It's it has to do a lot with the company you keep. Um, for me, I personally like when I was like eighteen to twenty. 21 i got really bad into like all those drugs and like everything like i just went on the deep end and it's because i kept i kept the company of those kind of people but once i got in the military and i transferred my like my group my peers that i was around and i started like seeking out people i admired to be part of my my group my like social network Mm mm-hmm life-changing because i know plenty of people who get into the military and they get hooked on stuff they shouldn't be oh yeah there's plenty of horrible people in the military too yeah but you know it's kind of it's but if you're coming from a bad situation right and you get the option to the opportunity to see people that come from better situations you can kind of learn from them you know saying like for my for me personally i thought the situation i was living in was normal Mm mm-hmm and then I met new people who changed my perception of what, you know, what life could be like. Um, and like, it's just, it's pretty amazing. Like, it's just like little things in life. You don't even know that happened that just completely changed the outcome of it. Your, your father are two beautiful children. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, I, I would do, definitely agree. 
<laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, you know, and I always say the best part of me is, is my spouse or, or, you know, they live in, I live in them, you know? Yes. And, 100%. and your father just passed away uh, recently from cancer. That's correct. Um, I imagine that like, you know, there's a lot of strong emotions happening there, you know, and, and, and sometimes when we go to the gym, like, and we're struggling, like I try to remember all those of, of the people that are not here. Um, and like, you know, uh, do like, uh, I remember the Simpsons episode where Homer's like miserable at his job and his employer put up a sign that said, uh, you will be in, I can't remember the exact sign said, but uh, he pasted photos of his of his baby and said, do it for her. And I love that idea because it's like, you know, sometimes we, we have to like pursue our dreams, not necessarily just for our own satisfaction or vanity or, or in, enrichment, but it's also like we can show other people how to best live our lives by showing them how we go about pursuing our own dreams. And that is, I, I 100% agree. Some of the things with bodybuilding that gets me, yeah. um, and this is like, this is, this is where I have a hard time because I, I agree with that statement. And part of me, it, mm-hmm. like I, I, I've started changing. I, sh- I shifted my mentality when I was younger to like, really kind of like look at future me. And it was like, is, would future me be happy if I made this choice? Um, <clears throat> And so bodybuilding is one of those things where it's like you do a lot of things that really your future you is going to going to hate. <laughs> and then and then and not only that like only like a small percentage of people uh wind up being successful in it. Like 1 to 2% or whatever, you know, it's like it's not like if you went went to college and you got your your degree in you know, some sort of engineering field where you 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 have a high likelihood, like a 70, 80% likelihood of at least being above average salary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pursue bodybuilding, um, the likelihood of you making money in it is very, very low. And so I think personally, like it bothers me because I don't know if I'm ever going to make that 1%. So I always have like, and, and that's where, um, the means when I first started bodybuilding, like came into it, like I wanted to make sure that I had prepped myself fiscally, um, to be able to, to prep, to, to take mm-hmm. on this endeavor just in case I can't make it. I think that's whey Which protein like, and, and chicken breasts <laughs> don't grow on trees, you know? Yeah. Whey protein, chicken breast yeah. contests, like contests are thousands of dollars. You know, you go. How much like, was the uh, entry fee, if you don't mind me asking, for like uh, the Arnold I'm Amateur? $250 per class, per weight class. And you did two weight classes. Did two weight classes. So it was $500 um, just to stand on that stage. Just to, to stand be, on the stage. To be then, you but know, that's not, up for that's grabs. Yeah. Tanning, you know, tanning. Tanning is another 150 bucks. Damn. Hotel stay or whatever. Yeah. Whatever, you know, per night. I got an Airbnb. It was like eighty, ninety dollars a night, but still, four nights in a row, you know, three hundred and sixty dollars. You know, that's right. another add-on. And then the driving to get there. The worst thing for me is my for the Arnold Amateur. And this is where I just I cannot say enough for my wife. Our daughter is she turned two months on Arnold, on on March fifth, and the stress of you know like. It was, 
two, uh, infants don't sleep. Not at all. She like she just got to where she sleeps sometimes three hours in a row. And my wife is like done that in, like entire process. Like she wakes up, takes care of the baby, and you know like just does everything. Like the most like, and she lets me go and you know do all my training. I was doing three hours of cardio a day. I was like you know three hours of cardio meal. a day. Yep, I do an hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half in the evening. Like what kind of cardio? Just steady state cardio, walking or riding mm-hmm. a bike or whatever. But it's mm-hmm. still, it's like, it's time that I'm not spending with my family. Right. Time I'm not like doing things that, you know, could be beneficial for the household. It's a huge commitment. And so like, if you have a family, you know, you, you got to make sure that if you're putting in that time, you have something that can support them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's where... I, you know, I got my, my degree to make sure that that was going to happen. Like I wasn't going to go through the whole process without having uh, a content, a backup, which is, goes against what Dorian Yates said. Like Dorian Yates, it was like, I, he's still, he's still one of my idols, but he had no backup plan. And that's what made him successful was the, like the fact that there were no other options for him. Mm. Like, oh, I'm I, sure like, he had a, he could have worked at a Wendy's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. Become but a the guy, the sweet. guy went to yeah. the, the guy went to prison and stuff, and you know he came out on the other side and just like this was like the best thing that he had going for him that he could see in his future. You know, it's just like because again, that's another one where you just it's the people you surround yourself with. Well, it's interesting right now because uh, you know in bodybuilding there's so many people participating, and you know I was talking about this with uh, another friend of ours, Derek Bolt. Um, You know, it's distressing because there's a lot of uh, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, um, really like um, toxic behavior happening there. But on the other side, and so, you know, as a divided country, as divided Americans, you know, we're at odds with each other. But the beautiful thing about it is, despite your political opinions and your background, we all come together to celebrate muscular builds and bodies on stage and all those politics get put to the side and it's kind of a model you know it's part of the reason why the olympics exist or you know despite the olympics being this kind of like horrible thing that happens to communities but you know the value of sports is being able to put aside your differences to celebrate something and and, so, I 100% you know, agree with that. and I love that idea, but you know, and, and there's something different about bodybuilding as opposed to say like a, a football game is that, you know, bodybuilding like really requires that individual who's winning, who's on that stage to have the support of an entire community. It's their, it their really spouse, does. their family, their friends, the, the, the city they live in, the gyms they go to, their coaches. There, there's a, a, there's a ocean of people that symbolize that person on that stage winning the sword, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and well, I, and I, and I wish that more people sort of thought about it that way because it's like, it, it, it sort of distresses me on Instagram and social media, seeing all these, these people just kind of go after each other. And I tell you, you know, bigots and hatred is catabolic. It kills muscle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. the one thing is like, everybody's like keyboard warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you interact with people yeah. generally, I have almost zero negative interactions with anybody. I think when people see me initially, yeah, like 
you know, like I'm like usually in the gym, I wear my stringer or whatever. I'm a meathead. I look <laughs> like a meathead, but if I interact with anybody, I feel like I would never like nobody. I would never be mean to anybody. Like I think just the internet is just like a weird place. Media is a weird place, mm-hmm. but if you meet people face to face, the the bigotry, the hatred, all that stuff goes away because you kind of just you you're faced with the hum- humanity of the person that you're you're interacting with. It's a lot more easier to sort of hurt somebody when you don't see their pain in the front of them. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, in terms of a, like a bodybuilder, in terms of a father, in terms of a person who wants to invite everybody to participate, like how do you counteract that kind of um, just you know bigotry? I really, I just don't, I don't, um, I don't engage with it. So I don't engage with bigotry. Mm-hmm. I don't engage with hatred. Yeah. I, and I also like, there are times where people like, you know, like I talk to people and they start down a road like that. And it's just like, why? Like in the end of the day, like, how's that going to benefit you to be so upset about something that doesn't affect you? It doesn't affect you. There's no reason for it. Just don't get upset. Like go live your life and be like, if you want, and this is what some, I like truly believe, right? Mm -hmm. If, you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself. If you want to see a change in society, start with yourself. That is so beautiful, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear about your thoughts about walking because it's like that's a thing that I've discovered this past year. And Mark and I, uh, my husband here, uh, we're going to start a podcast on walking. We're calling it "Walk It Out." You know, you've heard the expression "Walk It Off," right? Oh yeah, it's like this at DJ Hunk, right? Yeah, walk the, it out, walk now it walk out. it out. Now walk it out. Now walk <laughs> it out. But walk it off means like to to you know use the experience of movement to take away pain, and then walking it out is sort of like discovering yourself or revealing yourself to the world through the act of you know of movement or repetition. And the human body was sort of like built to walk. And there's something like there's so tr- something sort of meditative, uh, you know. It's 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 uh, as Madonna would say, is almost like praying. Mm-hmm. Is the act of just walking through nature and and in a in a steady state that can really just you know get you in tap. It, it gets you like you say, you can solve problems in your brain. There's something that happens in in, in your mind in your. I don't know, your soul, your chemistry or your spirit, that the act of walking can just unlock all kinds of problems. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever just sat, um, say you like, say you go through a week, right? Mm -hmm. Where you don't really do much and you just watch TV. Have you ever noticed like how your mood kind of shifts? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It totally, it totally does. Like for me, like I, for a while, like I got into like playing video games, watching TV, watching Netflix. Um, and it started making me depressed because I felt like I was not progressing in the way in, in something. Right. So for me, um, I've started making a routine. Like, even though I'm not like prep or whatever, I do my walks. I also like what I like to do. Um, you know, like I feel like walking allows me to like, like we were talking about is think I've started bringing books and stuff and I don't like audio books anymore. I feel like that doesn't stimulate me the same way that 
physically reading does. Wait a minute. You're reading a book as you're walking. Make sure you look both sides before you cross the street. <laughs> oh yeah. So I usually use like <laughs> treadmills or tread climbers. If I, I see, go outside, I if I, okay. if I go outside, then I'll, I'll put in like a podcast or an audio book or something like that. Or I'll just like sit there and I'll do, I can't, for some reason, um, I think it's just like way we've interacted and integrated with technology. Like it's really hard to be in silence for too long. Mm-hmm. So I always have to have like, something kind of playing in the background now. Um, if there's not any like birds chirping or something, I can't like really just sit there and be with myself. I gotta like have some kind of background noise or like something that's like making me think about something. But in terms of like, you know, the transformation it has on your soul, can you talk a little bit about that? Just the, the act of walking, how afterwards or through the process, just um, it, you know, it, it's this like puzzle that's in your in your spirit, and then it's just suddenly you got to get us all unlocked. And at the end of it, you're just like, you know, all these problems that seem so insurmountable, I either have solutions or they don't seem so bad. Yeah, I would say, I think there's more than walking. I've been trying to get into meditation. I think you can do the same thing with meditation. And this is where I'm, I was kind of come up with the idea of like learning how to live in silence. Um, the, I, I don't know, man, there's just like always just so much noise. And I think that walking kind of lets you get away and get to yourself and get away from the noise for a minute. Like there, I think that's like it, part of it's, you know, the movement, but part of it is just getting away from, hopefully getting away from technology for a little bit. I'm like, I'm around it 24 seven. Uh, it's my career field. Yeah, And it's kind of like for me to get away from that for a bit is just, it feels great. Do your kids all want to be on iPads and be like, Coco Melon. <laughs> and, uh, so my son, he's, you know, they're not old enough for that kind of stuff yet, yeah. but my son, we do let her wa- let him watch, uh, this TV show, not TV show. It's like a YouTube channel. It's called Miss Rachel. Mr. And H Hall. No, Miss Rachel. Oh, Miss Rachel. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, would, I thought you said that too. I was just like, I, was like, oh, I would sorry. watch that show. <laughs> That's got to be a double entendre there yeah. or something. Mr. Miss yeah. Rachel. Miss Rachel. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she, we've kind of integrated into a little bit of the, you know, like videos and stuff, but we try to make it where it's educational. But I, I feel like nowadays, like any kind of, it's just like, I think it's parenting one on one to throw on Miss Rachel whenever things are going crazy. <laughs> like, She's the new Barney. She's the new Barney. Man, oh, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Man, or or have you uh, now we're about to get into parenting stuff. Yeah. Have you listened to um Baby Shark? That oh my that God. song is a freaking lifesaver. I don't know what it is with kids, but even our like our two month old, right? Like she's screaming. The world's on fire. You put on Baby Shark, silence. Oh, really? Just calms them down? Calms them down. It's like breastfeeding for their brains. You know, like, because when I was a kid and my little sister was crying, everybody would be like screaming at my mom, like, breastfeed her, breastfeed her, (laughs) to shut her up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's in my head whenever, like, my daughter's screaming and I'm like, Christy, shark, 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 shark. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I'm, I'm yelling 
Chrissy, get over here and feed our daughter. <laughs> Whip out that titty mama and feed up the baby because I got a headache. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry we're getting away from muscle again, more in no, like this parenting area. Well, part of it is, is all this, this is all tied to each other. This is the thing about, like, I, I want to impress upon the listeners is like, you can't separate building muscle from the rest of your life. Those, those things are tied to each other, you know? Because yeah. if you can manage one thing, the other, then the other thing starts to unlock. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's tiny little itty bitty, tiny little things. All it's, what is it? The, the, the set of compound interest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And yeah, you know, so you're, you're living with a family, you have a wife, you've got kids, your kids probably want, you know, baby food or chicken nuggets. Uh, your wife's uh, not a bodybuilder that I know of. So like, how are you getting your food? Is she, is she meal prepping for you? Are you taking care of your own? Do you guys have separate meals? How's that work? Oh yeah. So we, 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 what we do is on Thursdays and Sundays, uh, I cook the chicken, she cooks the rice and vegetables. <laughs> like, and so we split it up and then basically in the mornings, whenever I make my breakfast, so I make the meals four or two, three, four, five. Um, and for breakfast, I make, I make my breakfast and I make my wife and my sons, and my do- well, my daughter's not yet, but yeah. So <clears throat> And then throughout the day, my wife cooks for her and, and the kids and stuff like that. But my meals are pre pre planned four and three days out. Mm. Do the kids get and into so, daddy's food and they're like, "No, no, no"? I don't think anybody wants my food. Uh, <laughs> her dad. We started making meals, extra meals for her dad. Uh, her dad. We just moved to Michigan, so uh-huh. we'd be closer to her family. Yeah. And he's like two doors down. So uh, part of the thing was like we would because he doesn't like cook or anything. Uh, I would start giving him some of my, like I cook extra meals and give some to him. He didn't want any more after a while. He was like, I'm so tired of this chicken rice. Like, this, <laughs> this is well, how do you make it exciting for you? Um, I, you just get used to it. Like, I think yeah. the first, the first year is really hard. Um, cause you're, you're so used to all these different flavors and you got the, like, you just got like a, a more well-defined palate. And so you, you, you're, you, you crave things, but at the longer and longer you stay with it, um, the cravings subside, you know, you still have them and you still, you know, you want to try different things, but you kind of learn you like, for me, I'm very routine oriented. Um, and so like, if I can schedule or if I have like an end date or a schedule that I can fit in like those, like little cheat meals or something like that. I'm fine, but mm. I can eat the same thing every day. Cause part of me is like, when I get out of my food nutrition out of sync or something, you know, especially when we were traveling to Columbus, it's like, you know, we never eat at. I mean, we used to eat at Panda express all the time and then we stopped and then we ate there once. And I was just like, Oh my God, why did we do that? It was, like, you know, like orange so chicken is to call that orange chicken, but know? it's just like, it's not the same that it even used to be, you know, 20 years ago, you know, it's like, or 10 years ago, you know? And it's like, um, you know, with the COVID pandemic, it's like all these, you know, restaurants and food places, they're all cutting corners. And you're just like, this is like a, a joke, you know? So there's a pleasure in eating right and and that pleasure can uh, be more powerful than the pleasure of the food, of the junk food, or whatever you know, the convenience of it. Yeah, I I, w- I like to have um, a little bit of moderation. So yeah. you know, like whenever you're in a contest prep, you can't really have the moderation. But 
you do need to like, I think you, you need that satiation from like, you know, eating some like, like sometimes like having a brownie or a cookie or some, something like that, like really does like make you feel better. Like, okay, you know, like this is a reward for all my hard work, but you just can't overindulge yourself. And that's where the people like have a, have an issue is they eat till they're full, but you're really full about, you know, <laughs> way before you're done eating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it takes a while for your body to realize like, Oh, now I'm full. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm way too full. And then, you know, your body will, once you expel that, um, you'll do the same thing again, you know, but your, your body is keeping some of those extra calories and turning into fat. In terms of your training, like, um, what's your kind of approach ongoing off season? Um, so I've had a different bunch of different, um, mm-hmm. training, different, uh, different training methodologies. So back in 2015, I went through like the BPAC, uh, Ben Pekulski's, um, M140 nation training protocols. And for people I, who are know, not familiar to... with that, what, what does that mean exactly? Or, uh, so it's just something that <clears throat> like, uh, Ben Pekulski came up with as his own training regimen. Um, I, I cannot remember too much of it because it's been years since I I went through it, but uh, it was more like high volume, uh, like more like like I was, it wasn't like a lot of drop sets or anything. But I I, I honestly I can't remember. But then mm-hmm. I went to uh, Quincy, or my current coach. Uh, he's been consistently he's been my prep coach for the last well ever since I started. He actually hosted uh, the NPC Elite Muscle Classic in Greensboro, North Carolina. He is an amazing human being. Um, he's the first professional bodybuilder in the state of North Carolina. He's been competing for what's his name? Decades. Quincy Roberts. Quincy Roberts. Uh-huh. Yeah, you. If you look look him up, like he was 180 pounds, and he looked like he was 230. He was just dice, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I went through him. Um, I pretty much use him. We, we, we work together uh, primarily for uh, like prepping, going through the poses. Um, he's got a really keen eye for how to hit the poses. Um, he also works with me on my diet and stuff whenever I'm, I'm getting there. And he makes sure I'm getting as lean as I should. Um, <clears throat> and I used to do his, his training program, but it was like, it was a little too much volume for me. Then I went to the DY Academy. I went through Dorian Yates' program. I, I've always wanted to like work with him. It was really cool just to have the um, time to even chat with him. Um, and oh, his I mean, program he's was like, like a hero of yours, so it must be amazing to... It, it was really cool, but yeah. I, I feel like his training principles um, weren't working the best for my body just because I don't think I had the muscle mass yeah. to be able to do these really short sets with these... like. He would only do um, like two to three exercises per muscle group, and three ex- exercises like with your warm ups. Like your three exercise or your three sets were includes your warm ups. It was fifty percent of max, seventy percent of max, and it's one hundred and ten percent. So the idea of one hundred and ten percent was you would have a training partner, right? And you would fail. You would fail on the positive range of motion of the exercise, and then you would also fail on the negative range of the exercise or a uh, range of the exercise through uh force reps. So you would have a, like whenever you start, whenever you fail, like on your bench press, right? Your the upward motion, mm-hmm. your partner, you wouldn't stop. He w- you wouldn't just sit there and hold it and try to push and like 
waste all that energy, your partner would help you up. And then you would try to focus on the way down, stretching your chest, your pecs. So he's really focused on it, on force reps and eccentric movement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And so that was going to work really great for growing, but if you're lifting by yourself, then, you know, that that's an issue. Cause like a lot of times, like I do lift by myself. Yeah. And not only that, I felt like my recovery time. Um, so he would only do four days a week and you hit the muscle group once a week. And so you have three days of rest, four days on. It was really great for me and my wife and my family, but I wasn't putting on the muscle mass. And I think it was because I wasn't able to apply as much force as I wanted because I just didn't have the muscle maturity to be able to do that. So I've kind of transitioned um, his training principles into something of my own recently over the last year. And it's been more like I still do the force reps, but I do, um, I do, I train five days a week. I take two days off and I do a push pull leg kind of style workout. And I do three to four sets or, or like depending on what the exercise is, but I do, I do, uh, three to four exercises per muscle, except for arms. I don't really train arms that much. I may, I may do one or two sets. And I would not do the three set range, right? So what I had, and one other issue I had was whenever I'd squat or I'd leg press, I'm really leg dominant and legs have always been kind of my strong suit. Um, three sets, I wasn't warmed up enough. I would get, I would get strains in my quads or my, or pains in my sciatic nerve for some, for some kind of pinch or something. And it just, and I found out it was just because I wasn't doing enough warm up sets. So if I'm squatting, I go up by 90 pound increments. I do, you know, 1885, Yeah. So I just like, for me, like I work my way up to my, my max my mm-hmm. one set max and it's just i make sure that i'm completely warmed up and i'm not having i i don't have injuries anymore um and it's just because i i really focus on my warm-ups and now every i what i've kind of found out is everybody's body is a little bit different everybody trains a little bit different and th- different things work for different people so i don't i would never apply like blindly apply my principles to anybody else all right, all right. though the best thing that i can think to do for somebody is to give them the tools right you know give them the the principles teach them like that's what i one thing i liked about dorian was like hey you know whenever i talked to him like how did you figure out this was your methodology methodology of training well he learned from mike mincer and and um Who's the guy that started Nautilus? Um, that is uh, Jack LaLanne. Yeah. And so, like, yes, he, he, the he, juice he, master. He, yeah. So, Jack LaLanne said, uh, I get out of a hot bed with a hot woman into a cold gym in the morning because it gets <laughs> results. So, he, he, yeah. he based a lot of his principles off Mike Mincer was his mentor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Mike Mincer was a, was, uh, his principle was once a week. Yeah. 
right? You hit every, you, you just do, you could do one full body exercise once a week. You focus on recovery. Um, which makes sense, right? Cause like Dorian, like one of Dorian's things is like, if you take a, um, a piece of sandpaper and you rub it against your, your, the palm of your hand, right. And you just keep doing that and you don't ever stop. What's going to happen. Well, you're going to have a hole in your hand. You know, the same thing applies with your muscles. If you don't give them ample recovery time, they're never going to, they're never going to grow. You're not going to build that tissue layer. But if you, so say, say you put that sandpaper, you scrape it for a little bit and then you give it a day or two and then you do it again and you give it a day or two. What's going to happen is you're going to build this callus. You're going to build thicker, thicker skin. And that's what the idea is with the muscles. You want to build thicker and thicker muscles. And so by adding all those tears and then repairing them, you build bigger muscles. But you got to be able to tear them. You know, you got to be able to engage those and, and tear them properly and not overdo it. So, you know, and it's you a lot be- easier for a younger person to recover than an older person. And, you know, in terms of bodybuilding, you know, as you get older, rest, recovery, nutrition, you know, hormone replacement therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, human growth hormone, all these things play a more important factor in, in building muscle because it's just like you're not having, you know, a college student's uh, ability to recover from, you know, injury and pain and exercise the way you would. Yeah. Uh, whenever I was in, like, when I was 25, mm-hmm. like, in the Navy or 24 or something like that, it was like I used to squat, like, 405 or something like that. And then I would go do wind sprints <laughs> with my friends. I was like, oh, I'm not going to let you beat me a run. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And uh, I pulled my hamstring and I was out for like two weeks. And the next thing you know, like uh, I go back and like, you know, I take the the muscle relaxers and all that. My body heals. It took two weeks. And the next thing I know is what? 500. That's incredible. (laughs) It's it's crazy. I used to, I used to run too, man. I used to, uh, I used to do my mile and a half in 745. Damn, am I am I talking to like Superman or the Flash? <laughs> the Flash here, you know. I used to, yeah. I tra- I really wanted to get into the SEAL program after I dropped out of SWIC, and I just running and and swimming and all that stuff. I just really focused on that for a while. Does your what's your wife's thought about your muscular build? Is she like, "Ooh, I'm so lucky, my man's so fine," or she's like, "I, I love you either way, honey," you know? I think it's I love you either way. Yeah. Um, me and my wife, we had a yeah. I really like, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I got out of the Navy, right? Uh-huh. And it was 2015. Um, I was out of a job. I didn't have anything going on. I just started community college. I finished my uh, first class since, you know, since getting out of the military. I had like, I dropped out of college whenever I was like 18. I had like a 1.2 GPA come back in. <laughs> it was like, Mm. That's, a, that, that's a cocaine uh, GPA. <laughs> that's a cocaine GPA. Um, and then so, yeah. so I I met my friend. Uh, well, I I have a friend. His name was Kenny Johnson. We had a mutual friend, yeah. Michael Redwine. Michael Redwine was actually gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he Kenny Johnson's like, hey, you should go hang out. Like I was like looking for something to do. I was like, yeah. hey, what, are y'all doing anything? He's like, Michael Redwine and Christy are going to the river or something. I was like, I don't know who these people are, but I'll go with them. Sure. They are trash. (laughs) trash. 
<laughs> but, so I started like, driving the in car. What way? Like, oh, they were just like drunk, drunk or high, or they were dr- yeah, they were dr- they were drunk. Okay. They were they were they were drinking a little bit. But it was like Christy, man. I was just we were just sitting there chatting, and she's so intelligent, like yeah. super smart. I hadn't met anybody that like was like her before. And so, like, we're sitting there chatting. We're having a great time. Uh, she talks about like how there's this like she just she she just bought this house. There was this pool in the backyard. They took out the pool, and there's a like this big dead grass spot. Right? She bought all these bricks and stuff, and all these guys kept saying like, "Hey, we'll come put in the bricks and build you your patio and all that." And so she bought all the materials, and everybody dipped out. It was the middle of July, and. I was like, she's like, you know, like she's talked about it. I was like, I'll come build that patio. Like, I don't got shit going on. <laughs> like, and it wasn't even like, I thought anything like, like I wanted to date her or anything. I just thought she was like a really cool person. I thought it'd be like, like we would be friends. Yeah. Um, and so like I built the patio. Um, we had a really great time. And the next thing you know, um, we meet in another river party with our mutual friends, and like everybody's going on like, by the river. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's Missouri. It's a river place, and a van by the river. And uh, yeah. <laughs> all of our friends are like, "You like each other," and we're like, "Yeah, we actually do." And so then you know, like we start dating. Right? I find out I because I register for my classes. She's the teacher for my sociology class. <laughs> so you show you showed up to class, and she was your teacher. No, no. Oh. So, like, we started talking, like, you know, she's like about me going to college and stuff, and we find out she's my teacher, and like, it's a conflict of interest. So I had to drop out of class, but so you she didn't was going to get an be A by giving her the D. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, she, she, she. So, you know, yeah. she's like, she's really ethical. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's something that we we try to like share is like, um, you know, <clears throat> uh, what's the word? Not not ethics exactly, but um, fairness. Honesty, Fairness, but yeah. honesty. Yeah. yeah, we we try to be honest people. You yeah. know, like we just want to. We we try to do what's right. Um, integrity. We try to have integrity. Mm. Do the right thing yeah. when nobody's looking, or even when they are looking. Well, but, George, you know, you're, you're like, such a home, wholesome guy. You know, it's like, uh, what's not to like about you? You know, and and of course, you're now wanting to pass on the the chain of love. That uh, what? So we what discovered? What is it that uh? Jack LaLanne begat who what was the other guy? The Nautilus guy who was Jack LaLanne begat um who begat Mike Mentzer? Yeah, Mike Mentzer who begat Dorian Yates, who begat you. <laughs> <laughs> and so now you're available as a as a fitness coach for anybody who wants to work with you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, yeah I'm starting my own uh, online fitness company yeah. um <clears throat> and lifestyle coaching. Uh, it's going to be at George Ward Fitness. Uh, right now, I'm setting up the website uh, and all the plans and stuff. It's going to be a month-to-month system. Um, you know, as you start on, you know, I'm just taking on clients. So as I become, you know, hopefully I become, you know, popular. If I become more popular, it's going to be more expensive because um, my time will become less and less available. You, you sound like a lot of those uh, pageant <laughs> queens we know that are like, I won six pageants and now I have to raise my rates. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but it's, it's true though. Like my, yeah. uh, like right now yeah. um, I work at a startup company um, uh-huh. doing software development. I, on average, it's like nine, 10 hours a day. Uh, 
45 to 50 hours a week sometimes. Uh, and that's the low end. It used to be 60 to 70 hours a week. And so that on top of bodybuilding, on top of, uh, you know, doing this fitness stuff, it's just like, it's hard to fit it in. But anybody that will come in, um, I'm going to br- try to bring the value. And really, I, 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 can tr- I can help with bodybuilders, but what I really think is the most under, like, not underserved, I, the people I really want to help are those people that don't understand nutrition and training, mm. right? Because there's a lot of people out there on the internet that just feed, like, like, they feed you these programs that are not sustainable. They're just not. Most people can't adhere to that for any any extended period of time. You need to create a program. You need to create programs for people that they can adhere to, and you need to teach them the fundamentals so they can just you you can teach them out of your job, right? Like one of the greatest things, like I helped my brother. He lost like I think it was like fifty pounds, right, following a diet, and he's like, I can't eat carbs. You know, like carbs are horrible. I was like, no. Calories are the issue. You're probably eating way too many fats. Yeah, you need carbs. How about we just put, yeah, you need carbs. Like carbs. Have you ever heard of the Twinkie, the Twinkie experiment? Yeah, he was eating Twinkies, but he kept it under his uh, num- a certain number of calories, and he lost weight. He stayed in deficit. He knew exactly how many calories he had, and he would drop to the weight that he expected by the time he did. And kids, that's how Dorian Yates built his physique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so for, for most, like, I, I want to like I want to build muscle and I want to help other people build muscle, yeah. but at the same time, I want to make sure that people are living a, a lifestyle that's attainable. And so, like, just learning about like the serving sizes on those um, on foods, right? Those cooking spray oils where they say they have zero calories—that is the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. Really, Pam cooking spray, like uh, the Pam yeah. cooking spray, has actually has calories in it. Yeah, it's oil. Oil's fat. That has nine grams per calorie or per nine calories per gram, right? It, a tablespoon of cooking oil is 120 calories. The thing they did, to, to how they made it zero, is the divisor they used, which is the number of servings. It's 741 servings per can. That's bullshit. And they're definitely not going to be spraying 741 mm. times. No, that's like. No, nobody does that. They go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I know I, I get about 40 servings. Right. And so what, what happens is, you know, it's just, it's just math, right? If the, if the numerator is smaller than the denominator, it's going to be approximately zero. It'll just, it'll, it'll round to zero. Well, that, that's wonderful. Um, George, uh, I really appreciate you uh, sharing us your story and your insights on, you know, getting ready for peak week and your, your amazing journey in bodybuilding. You certainly, you know, uh, put it to practice. You have a phenomenal physique. What's the next contest? I've got really positive feedback from the judges on this last show, and they said I need to do next pro qualifier. So I'm, I'm taking four weeks of recovery, and then I'm doing another push for junior junior USA's and May again. All Hopefully right. this time, the third time's the charm, and I can go pro and then take a year off and really try to pack on 10 to 15 more pounds of muscle and is see that, if I can become... Is that contest in Michigan? No, it's in Charleston, South Carolina. Road trip! Yep. Yep. Good luck with that. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the progress that you've made in just those three years is just, who. I mean, it's just, what can you do in the next uh, couple months? You know, it's like, it could be a, anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, 
I need to put a little more mass on my upper chest and my lower lats. I just need to be able to flare them out a little bit more, mm-hmm. make my waist look smaller. But are you flexing every day? Are you posing <laughs> every? Yeah, yeah. I still I still do my poses, my mandatories. I work on those. Mm. I've started uh, a slightly new routine uh, that's a little bit more back and upper chest centric. So hopefully, you know, take the judges' feedback to heart and make the proper changes and go pro. Well, all right. Well, come back when you get that pro card. I believe in you. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate this. Of Having course. an opportunity to come on this is really awesome. Like I've really never done. I've never done anything like this in my life. You're extremely well spoken, and I was like, you know, just talking to you, you just had this really great energy about you and this big heart. I know that comes from years of abusing anabolic steroids, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a large. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know, you, you had this really uh, welcoming presence and you know, I just was like ran across it. And I was like, this guy has a story to tell. And, and, and I really enjoyed talking to you and you have a beautiful body, a wonderful family. I'm sure your father somewhere in this in this universe is looking down on you and and very proud of, of of what his son has done and and the direction your life is going in i hope so and i really appreciate that statement thank you so much yeah yeah please stay in touch uh george uh have a wonderful week in training and and may the the swole be with you <laughs> mm. yeah, thank you all so much and i hope i hope for continued success in your podcast thank you i appreciate well that. i'm doing my my first contest in november npc nationals uh i'm in the masters oh wow yeah this is over 40 so you're doing you're doing the nationals in december in november the first week in november here in chicago oh wow so you're really close to here yeah i live in uh you know it, Michigan, Chicago. Are, are you in the area? Yeah, yeah, we're in uh, we're in Chicago, in the city, uh, north side of the city, north side. Yeah. Oh, sweet. My uh, my wife's sister still works in Chicago. Maybe maybe we can meet up sometime. I would love that. Let's go lift together. Yes. Let's grow yeah. big together. <laughs> Let's uh, grow big together. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> All, All right, right. George. <laughs> well, guys, I, it was a pleasure talking to you, and um, yeah, I hope we do this again. All right, take care, George. Take care, buddy. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. George Ward lives in Union City, Michigan. You can follow him on Instagram, George Ward 18 I didn't ask him, but I guess he started his Instagram when he was 18 years old. I don't know. But it's Maybe 18. there's probably 17 other George Wards out there. Yeah. George. George, I feel like Wheezy Jefferson. George, I'm going to the gym to lift weights and get jacked. At the, I'm going to go get jacked at the help center, George. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, you can follow him. And uh, if you want to work with George as a coach, because Instagram sometimes is a little bit wonky, uh, you can uh, send him an email, george at georgewardfitness.com. And of course, mm-hmm. if you want to chat with us and go in deep in consultation, uh, you can do so by messaging me on Instagram, Fausto Fernos and Mark Felian. I'm Mark Felian, M-A-R-C-F-E-L-I-O-N. And just message us and say, let's grow big together. And you're like, so I, I know you're not some, you know, random spammer. From Indonesia. Teenage girl. Oh, so, 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 you know, something. They're always from Indonesia. Yeah. So it's like, I think you are so sexy. I'm like, girl, you're parking up the wrong tree. I'm just wrong saying. Tree. <laughs> but I appreciate the compliment. We do not have that kind of relationship. <laughs> and she blocks me, you know. But we could if but you we could. send us money. Yeah, like, yeah. No, you're supposed to send me money. Yeah. I was like, and it's usually like somebody who's been airbrushed and, mm. you know, it's like a, 
a nose with an eye. It's not even the real photo. Yeah, and I'm Somebody like, else. girl, come on. It's but like, we are one hundred percent real here. Yes, this is really, really me. And of course, you know, um, subscribe to us if you are just listening casually. Uh, you can subscribe to us anywhere fine podcasts are found. Just follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can write an anonymous review mm. and let people know what you think about the show. We appreciate your feedback. And the good ones we'll read on the show. And the maybe bad- even some of the terrible ones, too. I read all of them. I, all of them, I appreciate the feedback. And of course, if you want to listen to the show without any ads, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Feast of Fun. And um, also, you can subscribe and access thousands of legendary podcasts at feastoffun.com slash plus. Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun, made available where fine podcasts are found, and where they're not fine podcasts, you will not find us. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.